Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout, and the stands. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the post game podcast on the Liverpool Echoes Blood Red Channel with me, Patrick Smith, after Liverpool drew 2 all with Premier League leaders Arsenal at Anfield. What a match that was, and as we all sit here now, I'm sure you're similarly feeling that like Liverpool could and perhaps should have taken all three points in this absolute rollercoaster of a match. If you'd have told me that during the first half an hour, I'd have called you mad. But yes, coming from 2-0 down against top opposition, this really is a huge point, but Liverpool definitely made the chances to win today, even missing a penalty. But anyway, that's enough from me, it's not my voice you're here for. Let's get straight into all the reaction with the Liverpool Echoes Paul Gorst, Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp, and the view from the cop with the LFC fan reactions. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Build as a season, the final week for Liverpool Champions League, which you have to say now, the two to draw with Arsenal means that the uh, definition of the week will be that Liverpool aren't in the Champions League next season. Uh, they're now 12 points behind Manchester United in four, having taken just two points from a possible nine on offer in games uh, away to Manchester City and Chelsea and here this afternoon against the league leaders. Uh, but that probably not the story for the day. Uh, a breathless, at times angry and fiery 2 2 draw against the league leaders was a Wonderful advertising for Premier League football, you have to say. Um, from Liverpool's perspective, it's one that kind of encapsulated so much of the good and the bad of what has been a really strange, maddening season for the Red supporters. Uh, Liverpool started really poorly. Arsenal uh, scored early on with a, a goal in comparable circumstances, in all honesty. Gabriel uh, Martinelli sticking away after Virgil van Dijk failed to clear his lines at the cop end. Uh, Gabriel Jesus made it 2-0 with a header when he uh, got in behind. Or got in between rather Van Dyke and Robertson. And uh, after about 30 35 minutes, it looked like Liverpool hadn't shown up in what was one of the biggest games of the season, certainly for the uh, Premier League title race. Um, then Liverpool responded, Granit Xhaka uh, foolishly struck out uh, an elbow in the direction of Trent Alexander Arnold after a tackle from the Reds right back down the far end towards the corner flag. Uh, and Anfield responded, um, the Reds seemed to respond to the crowd, uh, getting riled up by that incident. Both players were booked and then from there on Liverpool allowed uh, the pick between the teeth. Passes were sharp, attackers were stronger and Liverpool really started to take a fight to Arsenal, uh, both um, physically and from a football point of view. Uh, Gabriel Jesus was involved in a number of incidents in the first half where Liverpool were uh, looking to outmuscle the Brazilian striker and he was left um, with uh, a lot to say, in all honesty, after a few um, tackles that were ha- perhaps near to the bone, but uh, all fair in Paul Tierney's book, uh, ref- the referee. Um, pretty much great play on for a lot of it towards the end of the first half. Mohamed Salah, just the rears, he made a 2-1 after a wonderful move involving Curtis Jones, Diogo Jota and Jordan Henderson. Uh, Salah had a chance to grab his 25th goal in the season. From the penalty spot, when Liverpool were awarded a first penalty at Anfield for over 12 months in the second half. Uh, he stepped up and uh, put it wide, so he's almost two. 
It was last year's spot kicks, of course, the uh, defeat of Bournemouth and uh, this one this afternoon. But, uh, you know, it was a, if that was going to be a setback for Liverpool, it was one that they duly responded to, in all fairness to them. Liverpool haven't made the habit of responding to difficult situations or setbacks this season, but they were they were excellent in the second half and uh, deserved at least a point. Clock uh, sent on Thiago Alcantara, Darwin Nunes, and then Roberto Firmino, who scored his 11th. Career goal against the Gunners. Uh, no Liverpool player has scored more league goals against Everton. The North Gunners will be delighted to see the back of the Brazilian. Uh, of course, he looks set to wind down his Liverpool career in the next few weeks. Um, it was a wonderful piece of play from Trent Alexander Arnold at the top end. He nutmegged Alexander Zinchenko, put it across to the back post. Firmino head home, made it 2 2 and gave Liverpool a share of the spoils. Um, it's the least that Liverpool reserved, and um, they were really good for the second half. That should come home, or rather come away from here with uh, maximum points. Adam Ramsdale made two superb saves in the closing stages from Salah and then Udo Hill and Donate. Uh, and both teams were forced to set off on the points. Uh, a point doesn't really do anything for Liverpool in their top four holds. They now 12 points behind Manchester United in fourth. Uh, looks to be that uh, the second now for the top four next season. Can Liverpool uh, rally to finish in the local league spots? Or do they even want to? That perhaps is a question from the other day, but uh, Liverpool showed a little bit of a stomach for the fight, one that we haven't seen in recent months, and that perhaps is um, the biggest takeaway from today. Liverpool regained a bit of intensity, a bit of um, a bit of a willingness to battle, to dig in, to claw, to fight, to scrap. That uh, plainly hasn't been uh, obvious in recent months, so that's something Liverpool can take going forward. Hopefully, keep that between now and the end of the season before they uh, approach a critical summer of uh, the Raven Club. Uh, tenure at Anfield, but uh, finished here. Uh, a wonderful game. Uh, Arsenal to Liverpool to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that reaction was top, obviously. Getting 2 nil down is not so cool. Um, it was not that we were... First goal was, I would say, kind of unlucky. So, Robbo slips, bam, they go inside, and then it's like two rebounds. We have to watch it back, but that's how it's saw in the first place. Um, and in the end, Martinelli gets a foot on. Or, I think it was Martinelli, because it could have been Robbo as well, um, get there. Um, that's a 1-0. Yeah, the two 0 happened in a situation which we shouldn't have had that often, like not the cross and the ball in that the ball arrives there and we didn't have a challenge beforehand. So um, for that we had we needed a higher last line. It was a massive it was a massive subject all the time because um, I understand with the with the threat they are on the wings with Saka and Martinelli speed wise um, that doesn't feel massively comfortable but we have to do it anyway and we, we, in the moment when we start getting more compact and line higher midfield closer front three together and in that moment it was not as easy 
anymore. So um, in a moment when we got that, we were, we were better in the game. So in possession it was okay. It was like a lot of long balls because um, <coughs> we did maybe not move enough um, in, in decisive areas. It was a slightly different setup. Um, which um, the boys had to adapt to get that, but long balls is not a problem. We can go for second balls, and we had a few good ones where we could um, made more of it. Um, we had chances before the uh, before we scored, so good moments. To be honest, um, didn't use them, but then the goal was obviously the most helpful stuff in football because then before half time it's two one. I think everybody felt it. Um, we can turn this game around and. That's what we actually did performance-wise, result-wise, halfway. So um, the question I had in my mind when I, when I walked in after the game was, how can we not win this game? But we didn't, so it's a point, um, and that's okay. And yeah, it's another step in the right direction, I would say. It's like the first time for a long time that we reacted really well on a we didn't fall apart, and uh, that could have happened with everything that happened this year already. It was now okay, well, one nil, two nil, and the next chance is three nil, um, and um, it didn't happen. And um, because we, we, we were, uh, yeah, we look better, we look more ready in these moments to to, to fight back, and that's what we did. And second half, we should have turned the game completely around um, with the chances we had, um, and so at least the point is okay. James? Jürgen, yeah, we've seen some brilliant performances from Liverpool even this season. It's not been great. In your mind, do you know how and why they don't always play like that and how to make them play more like they did in the second half? It'll be like consistency and confidence. So that, that's these are the two things in our why you don't have confidence because that you don't have enough positive moments. And if you have them, you, you build, don't build on them or you misunderstand them. That, that's in life like it is in football. Exactly the same. So um, if you are not, so we have these ups and downs in games and over the season. So that's something we didn't have ever before since six, seven years. Um, but we have it this year. So and that's something obviously where we where we are where a situation where we are going through. It's it's not cool. It's not something we wanted. Um, but we go through this. And you don't have, as I said before again, we don't sort it overnight. That's what we learned this year. Obviously, of course, we had when we in a, um, a normal start of the season, and you win not perfect, but no, and then you win seven 0 against Bournemouth, nine 0 against Bournemouth. Uh, how can you not misunderstand that? It's not that the next game we were completely all over the place, but we were expecting to score from pretty much each situation. We didn't, so we didn't build on it with a, with, a, with a seven 0 then against United, slightly similar. But we had the next game was Bournemouth. We could have, yes, we are one 0 down, but we could have scored the equaliser, and um, I think it was a good moment. To turn the game around, but we didn't, and then we—it was like we always try to catch up uh, with ourselves, pretty much. And um, so, so many things what happened this year, and so we can. There's explanations for each 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 one, but for in general, it's what I said. We, we, that's what we lack. And today, that's why it's so important. This is not something where we go now home and and, and don't get our arms down. So it's just uh, we, we we did what we had to do. We. Helped creating an atmosphere in the stadium, and the people were, were outstanding. Especially in the second half, it was fantastic. But it was because the way we played, and that, that that's absolutely cool, and um, that's something we we have to take. And uh, we have now a long week, which is a big difference as well. And I like it, the fact that we have enough time to train, real time to train, real time to recover for a few boys, and real time to train, bringing boys back. But Thiago, it's super important that he 
um, has a few training sessions um, on top of the few we had. Um, Luis Diaz will be back um, in full and normal team training and available for the game. So these things are, are really, really good news. And then we have to go again. This time Leeds, um, we could see a little bit before before our game, because we saw when we left the hotel it was 1-1 in Leeds, and when we arrived here it was 1-1. When I came back from the toilet and it was 2-1, so um, <coughs> that's it. And um, so that will be a tough one, but um, we have no excuses. We have to make sure we are ready again and build on that today. I said after the Chelsea game it was a step in the right direction. It was probably for a lot of people thinking, oh God, what is he talking about? Well, it was a step. from different points of view and today um, that was another step so we were part of a spectacular football game because we were good for an hour okay with con but conceding in the first half an hour and then good and there we should have won the game but we didn't against the team the team in form flying they're tuning up that can that can anything can happen today and it didn't because of us and that's fine Tom I didn't. I didn't see it, and I didn't. I had now obviously time to watch it. I didn't, just because I cannot give wrong answers. So I didn't see it. Um, I heard the pictures speak for themselves, and um, I cannot say more. Didn't see a bit of it. And can I ask you about um, Mo? He looked absolutely um, dumbfounded when he, he missed, the, missed the penalty. Um, I, th I, I only saw the penalty now after the game. I, 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 I thought a few people in, in the crowd reacted. So when you don't see the penalty, you react on what the people see. And they, a few people obviously thought the ball was in, but it was he missed the goal. So that's why I had for a second the fist. And then I realized, oh, nobody's really celebrating. And then I realized the ball was not in. That's it. That's something we will talk about, but not here. No, they don't come to us if we want to have something then we have to go to them right. and I didn't want anything. Um, there was another penalty incident right at the end when it looked like Bo was just dragged down. You didn't seem to get very, very much at all. It's actually really I think there are some things where we could talk about, but they are not really helpful. And that's why I would prefer not to talk about. But we had our issues with some referees. <laughs> yeah. Mass, last question. Yeah, it's not the first time it was, we did that before, but maybe not. it was not that obvious, but we did that before that we put Trent inside. Um, today, yeah, in build-up, Trent played uh, um, more inside, double six. So that's how it is. Also, we need to, he needed to get used to it, obviously. It was not, and I would say it's a, a big step to do that in a game against Arsenal. Um, it opened up different opportunities for us. So if you watch it back, you will see that we, after we learned to use it, and Hendo was not wide, stayed inside, and we could really pass first pass down to Mo. Mo was had keep, kept the ball really well today, first half already, where we could go from there. So um, I thought he did well. For now, it was not the first time, but um, not for a while, and that's why I'm, I'm fine with how he executed it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye bye.
The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2-2 draw with Arsenal at Anfield. Um, I do want to say, first of all, uh, great credit to Arsenal fans. From my perspective, listening to this on the TV, the silence um, honouring the 97 was just immaculately kept, obviously by Liverpool fans. And really, we, I suppose, shouldn't be doing anything other than expecting the same kind of behaviour from visiting fans. Nonetheless, there's no reason why we can't be grateful for it. I think they were very respectful indeed. And uh, that was that was good to witness. Um, in terms of the game, what a start Arsenal made. They, they weren't allowing us to settle in possession at the back at all, which was very unsettling for us. Um, gave Alison Becker one or two uh, tricky moments and... We were not able to build as we as we like to do comfortably from the back, and that was that was what dictated things in the first well in the first forty minutes or so. Um, I think Trent was poor for our for their second goal, um, and we can't go on like this, can we? I, it's been a while since I've uh, done the pod, and um, in that time, I, I think I've come to the conclusion. Well, I've hinted at it before, I'm sure that I mean Trent's just not a right back and I think we have to be brave now. He's a a very gifted player, but he he's he's not a good defender. He's not a world-class defender, he's he's not a good defender. He's made far too many he's been culpable far too many times this season and um we can't no matter how well we recruit in the summer, we can't go on with that. You know, he's a he's a Beckham-esque wide right midfielder, which would work nicely in a 4-4-2, possibly in a 3-5-2, but in a 4-3-3, I'm not sure that we've got the scope to, to fit that in. Regardless, he, he, he can't be our right back. We need a proper right back. A proper right back. And um, he is not that. So I think there's a brave move or two to be made in the summer regarding Trent and what we do with him and whether we bring anybody else in that is more than just a deputy. Um, I thought defensively Diogo Jota did well actually in the, in the first half um, and I thought also that he was quite lively up front. I think Curtis Jones didn't have a bad first half either but nonetheless it was it was Trent's booking ironically strangely that that was the turning point for us and Thereafter, City were trying to eat up seconds on the clock from as from as early as the fortieth minute. Um, we uh, we should have won it though, shouldn't we? I mean, there was there was so much going on. The Salah's missed penalty. It was a penalty, by the way. I'm I'm quite convinced of that. The foul happened in the the lower half of the body. It looked like a shoulder to shoulder coming together. And on first sighting, I didn't think therefore it was a penalty, but. Um, the coming together took Mo's legs away, and so that I'm sure that was what um, activated the referee's whistle. Uh, but yeah, we, we weren't too many overhit crosses. We couldn't get we couldn't get a decent head to the ball from from Trent's supply on the right hand side. Um, the penalty miss, as I said, Darwin's break one on one. Mo had several half chances and better. Konate's lunging effort. 
um, where all he could do was throw his chest at it, I think. But uh, by the way, Tiago's um, contribution in that move was exquisite, wasn't he? That little, that little quick feet, uh, changed direction of the ball, took a couple of players out there. Good to see him back. Um, I hope Arsenal go on to win to win the league. I'd rather they won it than City. Uh, but yeah, I'm really just looking forward to the end of the season now and seeing what we can do in the transfer market there's very little else to get too worked up about entertaining game though wasn't it at Gulasahi on Twitter G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I Hello this is Owen from Cop On Podcast what a ridiculous game until Mo Salah scored in the 42nd minute to halve Arsenal's lead Liverpool's vim and zip were indistinguishable from that of the slugs near the compost bin at the bottom of my garden. Had someone offered me the choice before the game, I'd rather have watched the slugs for the first 42 minutes, however, as at least they have some sense of purpose and a modicum of determination. From the moment that Magic Man Mo scored, however, the nincompoop dunderheads in red suddenly cocoon emerged into a fiery and beautiful football team. We pulled Arsenal's underpants down a number of times in the second half, but we just lacked the accuracy to land the final slap to the exposed cheeks. This, in the end, will be heartening to Mikel Arteta and Gunners worldwide as they chase their first title in 19 years, and a Liverpool winner may well have been bittersweet to us Liverpool fans anyway, lest we forget Manchester City have been charged with breaking financial fair play rules around 100 times over a nine-year period from 2009 to 2018, so they don't need help from anyone, and to see them again parading the Premier League trophy in front of their small band of in-denial inbred fans would be duller than the beige in Pep Guardiola's khaki. I love Trent's position today in that second half, especially coming into midfield and dictating play. An 80.8% passing accuracy with four key passes and one shot that didn't quite dip enough doesn't really reflect what a danger Trent was going forward. Hopefully in future he won't have to run back and defend so much. Not because he can't, but because I think his future could be and perhaps should be in a Kevin De Bruyne-esque free role, making things happen going forward because his passing is magnificent. As is Thiago's, and it was lovely to see him back, wasn't it? We need Thiago in the team this season if we're going to win any matches at all. For the future, Klopp has at last mentioned that recruitment is necessary. We all need to have patience and look to a longer-term view and keep the faith that Jürgen can do much, much, much better next year. And I believe he can. I really do. 
The remaining games in the Premier League for this season seem a bit nonsensical as it stands, with Liverpool a predictable nowhere in the league. But this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Nevertheless, looking forward to seeing more of those sublime sunny periods that we saw today, as opposed to those dull and dark and all too familiar, depressing clouds. Hello, Alex Watt, um, and I think I'm still recovering after that one, to be honest. Safe to say there's a little bit more to chat about than there was after the flattest game ever versus Chelsea. And yeah, let's be honest, I don't think any of us came into this game against Arsenal with a huge amount of hope after the City and Chelsea performances. And my expectations were so low <laughs> coming into this and after... The first half an hour, I think those low expectations were very much met. Uh, The first, say, 35 minutes were atrocious from Liverpool. I thought Martinelli, Jesus, Saka were absolutely all over us. But then the game just seemed to completely turn on a dime. And the difference between that opening 35 minutes and the last 55 was unbelievable, you know. I'm sitting here now and I'm sure I'm not the only one actually disappointed that we've only come away from that with a point. And for that, I think we have to give credit to Liverpool's player of the match, Granite Xhaka, because that moment between Trent and Xhaka really does look like it was the catalyst for the complete reversal in fortunes where we went from looking like we might lose 5-0 to being largely the dominant better side in the second half because... All of a sudden, that moment got the players fired up, it got the crowd fired up, and it just seemed to wake the players up. And we went up the other end pretty much straight after that. Actually got a goal back through Salah, and it was a really nice move as well, something we've sorely lacked in recent games. It was a move that made you think, okay, there is life in this team yet. And it's funny, that Xhaka moment, because really Arsenal should have just kept playing their game the way they were, which... You know, also included quite a bit of the dark arts and time-wasting tactics, by the way, to slow things down and break up play on top of the nice football, which is very Pep Guardiola school (laughs) from Arteta and took until about the 85th minute for the ref to actually do anything about that. But more the way Arsenal were passing it around, Liverpool weren't coping with that at all in the first 35 minutes. And Liverpool wanted more of a battle and a fight, so Arsenal played into our hands quite a bit there. And you know what? It was nice to see that fight from the Liverpool players. We need more of that this season. We've been too nice in some of these games when the other teams are using the dark arts, the time-wasting tactics. You know, make it a battle if you have to. And yeah, that moment plus... Obviously, the the absolutely bizarre incident after the end of the first half with the linesman and Robertson, which I'm sure will be spoken about a lot. Um, That also really seemed to fire Liverpool up as well. Um, Quite the weekend for PG Moll. Um, Not sure how they're planning to explain that incident away. If, you know, if Mitrovic gets an eight-game ban for pushing an official, what do you get for this? Just uh, an... An unhinged moment in an already bizarre season for Premier League officiating. But yeah, second half on the back of that, it turned into, I imagine, a cracking game to watch for the neutral. You know, a bit more nerve-wracking for us, but some really end-to-end stuff. But felt like Liverpool were the better side for the majority of it. Salah missing the penalty was obviously a gutting one, but... 
we barely get awarded them, so maybe it's not a huge surprise that he's so rusty at taking them. And, of course, had to be Bobby who got the equaliser. Bobby Firmino absolutely loves playing against Arsenal, as we know. Shout out to that nutmeg and assist from Trent as well, by the way. Absolutely gorgeous stuff. And then, as we said, we could have even won it with those couple of chances at the end. The last few minutes were mad. Um, Ramsdale deciding to activate Dudek in Istanbul mode at the end, apparently. Um, also, I don't know what Salah has to do to win a penalty or or even a foul at this point. It's ridiculous. I imagine that's a can of worms PG Mole don't want to open either. But as I said, in the end, we were unlucky to only get a point, really. And what we need to do now is actually kick on and take the positives from this performance and not immediately revert to type again against Leeds and Forest. We need to keep this momentum up because this was so much more the Liverpool we've come to know under Klopp today. It's not perfect. The performance was was not perfect. The first half an hour or so shows that. But this is a team who historically react well to setbacks. They show fight. They show belief. They get the results over the line. And that was what we saw today. And we need to see more of that again in the next few weeks. So, yeah, hopefully more of the same against Leeds. And just cheers of <laughs> the Reds. Crazy game at Anfield with Liverpool playing against Arsenal this afternoon. And I, I use the term crazy because could you have ever seen two contrasting halves of football than that? I mean, Arsenal was so dominant in the first half, really reflective of where the, the two teams are in the league. And not only in the league, in terms of the numbers as well. For me, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal have been the best coached team in the Premier League this season. And Liverpool, for me, have been one of the worst. And I think that's reflected in the numbers which Liverpool come up very average in and Arsenal... Uh, alongside Manchester City, of course, as always, are uh, the the barometer, really. And that played out in the first half. Liverpool couldn't get near Arsenal out of possession. They really couldn't. Arsenal seemed in total control, and it was really painful to watch a once-great side almost get a run-around, if I'm honest, in the assurance in the way Arsenal played, in the clear understanding of of tactically where every player should be in possession and out of possession. And technically just how far superior they were to Liverpool. And then, something I've mentioned about all season is Liverpool's inability with the football. Everyone's been talking about them without the football, but in terms of the first phase build-up, technically and being able to play into midfield, escape pressure, it was highlighted just how poor Liverpool have been against an elitely coached team in Arsenal. Liverpool could not escape the pressure. They could not build up with any success. I lost count of the amount of times that Alisson... The ball was circulated back to Allison because Liverpool couldn't play forward. It went back to the centre-halves, it went back to Allison, And then ultimately Liverpool were just playing 50-50 balls up to the top end of the pitch. After Arsenal's organised pressure forced them into that and then the ball was surrendered, the ball was turned over and we were back into this cycle of Arsenal building up and Liverpool really struggling. And there wasn't much to shout about in the first half. Liverpool had one or two isolated moments within the game but in general there was a gulf between the two teams. And Liverpool obviously tried to match Arsenal up in the, in the shape, the way they played, moving Trent Alexander-Arnold into midfield. And that was always going to be difficult when you've got a team who played in that manner at an elite level, by the way, all season. And then Liverpool are trying to execute basically the same plan. And I think that also showed in the first half as well, with Liverpool coming to grips or coming to terms with that. And at times, some of the build-up, I mean, it couldn't have been less cohesive 
it was really like watching a team who had no real understanding in the movement patterns that were going to allow them to to play out from and play through into midfield and basically get into higher areas of the pitch, which I know was difficult against such an organised side, but again, it showed you how far Liverpool have fallen when you think how, how good they used to be at them elements of the game with all different attributes, with the passing range of Alexander-Arnold, Virgil van Dijk, the ability to step into midfield of players like Joe Matip and Joe Gomez playing line-breaking passes. It, it, it was just hard and it, and it has been hard to watch Liverpool throughout the season, really. And as much as I expected to see it, it was still hard visibly on the eyes. So then you skip forward to the second half and could you have got more of a contrast? I mean, Liverpool didn't change a great deal in the way they set up again, looking to match Arsenal up. But the way they were able to pressure the ball, the, the way they were able to close Arsenal's distances from a team who obviously liked to play out was reminiscent of the old Liverpool. And that hasn't been the case throughout the season. Even when Liverpool have won games, they've won them sometimes for me, or a lot of the time, playing without a real identity. And when I watch that, it gave me real hope and, and real heart of being able to see the management, the coaching staff being able to execute and implement a game plan to get Liverpool back in the game. Obviously, we know Liverpool came back into the game with a, game, a goal just before half-time, which obviously gave them the boost. But then, still, to be able to have such a turnaround in the field cells in terms of the, the suffocation that they were able to executing Arsenal's own half I just didn't see coming I didn't think they had the capability to do so based on what I'd watched this season and I've maintained throughout the season that Liverpool may have individuals within their side who are past the physical peak but that isn't the be all and end all in able to, being able to apply pressure to organise pressure to the ball there has to be organised pressure coming from the coaching staff the detail has to be there and I have really been at a loss how Liverpool have have come from a level where they were possibly the best organised pressurising team, regardless of individual athleticism, which obviously aided that. But how you can go from that to such a fall-off organisationally, because I've always maintained players like Fabinho, players like Thiago, these players, not great at managing big distances, never have been, but the reason they were so good at it, they were fantastic readers of the game and within Liverpool's system because they always had someone to pressure the ball, someone to offer cover, someone to offer support, meant in all units, in all different phases of the game, meant that they were so successful in winning the ball back and ultimately dominating games. And we've seen it in the second half today. I mean, Liverpool should have won the game. They missed a penalty. The goalkeeper was fantastic. And then they got into multiple other good areas which could have seen them come away with the win, really, which... If someone would have said that to me after the first half, I just quite wouldn't have believed what, what, what they were telling me, really. And I suppose going forward now, because as much as that's given me heart in terms of the second-half performance, let's not get away from the fact that Liverpool have been dreadful this season. And that result today has probably ended any slight hopes they had the Champions League qualification. So the, the reality is that Liverpool are going to be playing dead rubbers for the rest of the Premier League season or for the rest of the season. And it's going to be difficult for the players to get themselves up for because under Klopp, I believe that Liverpool have took something. There's been something on the line at the end of every season to up into the last game and that won't be the case. So I think the big thing now, what I'd like to see from Liverpool is a clear identity of how they plan to go into next season. And I know that's not going to be with all the individuals because obviously players will be coming in the summer. Key players who obviously aid the team. But... I need to understand what is the shape of this Liverpool team going to look like? Who are going to be the key fixed players within that lineup, And who are going to be players who are going to be coming in and out of the side? Who are going to be the, the players who are, are going to be providing squad options and in what position, for example? 
How does that look? How are Liverpool going to go about pressurising the ball? I, I need to be able to see some success in that off the ball. And then how are they going to be able to build up what are the movement patterns that are going to be implemented? Because it's not going to be a quick fix and, and they're just going to suddenly do it next season. So why not use against live opposition? And I know it's hard to, to take because they're not going to be playing for anything. We've got to see some of that going into next season. They've got to instill them patterns of play within to the team. And also, the positions of players within the team. You know, Darwin Nunes, for me, he's got to play as the highest player. He's got to play as the number nine if he's going to be a success at Liverpool. He's a high-volume attacker in terms of what he offers in that final third. He's basically a menace. And if you look at him, obviously, he's been playing on the left-hand side. Progressing the ball by carrying it, that, that isn't his game. It really isn't. He's got to play on the highest line of the pitch as the central player with the flexibility of the movement to move from that central position, keep him away from the game, allow the others, others within the side to build up and make him play on the highest line and essentially make them runs in behind. What you don't want is him, him coming towards the ball and progressing it by moving with it. It just isn't him. So I don't see any other way than him playing centre-forward if he's going to be a success at Liverpool. Now, if that's the case, play him as centre-forward for the last games, the remaining fixtures. You know, if... Curtis Jones is going to be one of the squad options for the, the centre of midfield. Let's see him get a run of 10 games towards the end of the season, then or nine games, whatever it would be. I know he's coming back from injury, but the, the lad's got potential in, in, in the way that he moves. Now, I I believe he's more of a player who's, who's a Jack Grealish profile on the left-hand side. We know he spent that time in the youth team playing that position. He progresses the ball really well. We're travelling with it. He's outstanding in being able to keep it in tight areas in the final phase. I think there's a lot more to come from, but if, if he is going to be one of them, you know, two higher players in the in the midfield three, then give him a run of games. Because ultimately, we just don't know. We don't know. We can see he's a really talented player, but he's never been afforded the games. We know the player's going to be going out of the club. And I think this is what Klopp will do, by the way. But I'm just making a statement. You know, if Nunez, Darwin Nunes is to play as the central striker, what does that mean for Cody Gakpo? What is his position going to be going forward for Liverpool? Is it going to be off the left-hand side? Well, that's going to be a difficult one because we have Luis Diaz who operates in that position. You know, but is Gakpo going to be a second choice on the left-hand side? But I don't think what we can have is a profile of Gakpo dropping into that midfield section as a centre-forward. And then all of a sudden, you're flip-flopping to Darwin Nunes playing there who doesn't offer you the same things. And I think that's what Klopp has struggled with this season, but probably felt that he wanted to replicate his old system. And the best way to do that was to play Gakpo in that role. But at the same time, if that's not going to be the system going forward, which I wouldn't have imagined it would be, because then she, why you spent that amount of money on Darwin Nunes, why try and build something now when the, you know, the horse is already bolted on what Liverpool can achieve? So it's really interesting for me, but I would like to see that clear plan. And listen, we might have already seen the plan. The plan might be for Darwin Nunes to play as a wide player, which I hope's not the case. I really do hope's not the case. But there's other issues within that, that team as well, but... I just think you've got to be looking towards these games to try and these games to try and implement a, a starting lineup of players who are going to be there at the club next season and playing in the positions that you would he would ideally see them in to bring Liverpool the best success and forget about what the short term fixes. Anyway, heartening second half, but um, yeah, two two in the end, I suppose in the game, better performance. <laughs> You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.